This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, a 172 pilot calls tower and receives an instruction that's completely Greek to him. Of course, he is flying in Greece. This could be interesting. Bring your Greek dictionary and ride along in Say Again by Carl Dorman. As I entered the downwind leg of the Corfu, Greece airport, I contacted Tower, and I did not understand a word they said. Now what to do? It was 1984, and I was flying from Rhode Island to Israel in a 1960 Cessna 172 with my flight student, Aria Rona. The trip recently brought us through the beautiful Rhone Valley in France, over the Mediterranean Sea for 325 nautical miles in instrument conditions, en route to Ciampino International, Rome's secondary airport. As we checked in with Roma approach at 9,000 feet requesting vectors to final at Ciampino, we could hear that the controllers were quite busy. We were assigned a holding pattern at 9,000 feet northeast over the Roma VOR, which is adjacent to the Ciampino airport. We were preparing to land on runway 14, as advised by the ATIS. So, who do you think were the best air traffic controllers on the entire trip? I can tell you, without hesitation, it was the Italians. The controllers stepped us down a thousand feet at a time from holding pattern to holding pattern, first to 8,000 feet, then to 7,000 feet, and all the way down to 1,000 feet, and then vectored us to the final approach to runway 14. These controllers were so smooth and so professional as they handled us with kid gloves. We switched over to 120.5 Ciampino Tower and were cleared to land and then guided to the runway exit where we switched to ground control and taxied to the FBO for parking. We stayed in Rome for two days to see some of the famous historical sites. Now it was Sunday. We were ready to continue our trip, the next destination Brindisi, on the east coast of Italy, just 260 nautical miles to the southeast. We noticed that there was very little air traffic along the way and at the airport. 
After landing, we taxied to the FBO to get fuel and were surprised to find everything was closed at the Brindisi Airport. We had forgotten it was Sunday. It did not occur to us that some places at the airport might be closed. We were lucky enough to meet some pilots from the local Brindisi Flying Club who said they could help us after we told them our plight. Their club did not usually sell fuel to pilots, not members of the club, but they graciously made an exception. Thank you, Brindisi Flying Club. We then departed from Brindisi to the east, 110 nautical miles across another part of the Mediterranean Sea to Corfu, an island in Greece also known as Kerkira. After listening to the Kerkira ATIS and contacting Kerkira Approach, we were advised to change to frequency 120.85 and contact Kerkira Tower. We checked in with the tower on the downwind leg of runway 35 asking for permission to land. I heard a clear response that sounded to me something like I asked the controller, say again? His reply, again, sounded similar to I had absolutely no idea what this controller was saying to me. I thought it would be best just to broadcast my intentions in slow and clear English and proceed to runway 35, which was a comforting 7,792 feet long. As I continued downwind opposite my touchdown point, I again broadcast my intentions, receiving again a similar undecipherable reply from the tower. I still understood nothing. I repeated my intentions again as I turned final, received the same response, and I landed. After taxiing to parking, I decided it would be a good idea to visit the tower, see the controller, and find out what he said. Upon entering the tower, as the controller began speaking to me, here was the same sounding voice, but now that I could see his lips moving, I had no problem understanding him. I discovered he understood me just fine, and that he was telling me proceed as requested. So much for English being the international universal aviation language. A lesson learned. Not understanding the tower controller is just as bad as lost calm. Stay focused, be calm, fly the airplane, and continue your approach, broadcasting your intention slowly in clear English. Look for any light signals from the tower. If no signals, land and clear the runway as soon as possible. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out AOPA's mobile flight planning app, AOPA Go, as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely. Fly safely.